Welcome to podcast 230 of Five Star Potential. I'm Matt on this first pod. In fact, is it first? It's first pod we're recording in 2022. Yes. I'm joined by Dave and Paddles. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, I thought we Stilts. said new, new Year, new, new Us, no, New Me, no Paddles, no. That didn't last very long. You, you, <laughs> no, I didn't agree to this. You, you've nicknamed yourself Paddles, and so therefore that's what it's going to be. Forever set in stone. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> It just feels real weird calling you Paul or Mad. I don't think I've ever <laughs> called him Paul in my life. <laughs> I, 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 I could have kept up the Patrick charade a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you prefer, Paddles or Patrick? Well, we're at the stage and now it, um, we're it, on stream. I've got emotes of um, the guy from The Simpsons that says, that's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> and uh, and some, some, some actual oars crossed, like paddle. Yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. See, we've given you a gimmick, so think you should have pre or you've given yourself a gimmick and we've sort of helped carry it on so get on board or well, don't get worse that could be your logo mad you need a twitch rebrand two paddles I'll do go. a nice logo on microsoft paint oh. <laughs> and, and you can get some shamrocks on, yes. on the oars <laughs> 2022 <laughs> mad yeah. Anyway, uh, on this week's pod, <laughs> we're getting an update on the Weight Watchers version. Well, I can't talk apparently. Weight Watchers version of a Newcastle save, what? and we're going to build a tactic. And there, there might be a quiz. We'll see how we're doing for time, as there's only three of us. That could be slightly interesting. Anyway, <laughs> pedals, um, <laughs> Northern boys. I should say that with a with a more of a, an Irish lilt on it, I guess. What's but. that? What is that twang you put? In? It's like your lisping. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen to most Irish people when they say s's. There is an there is an like an extra like continuation of the like. If he's not concentrating, if if paddles says paddles, that there's like a, a a continuation of the s. It's not just you. It's I'll keep most my, Irish I'll keep people. My out for it. I I hear it quite frequently. So. All right, folks. It's just pa- paddles here. <laughs> <laughs> he did it then. <laughs> so, Northern boys, yes. uh, talk the people through what it is uh, if they're not aware of it. Obviously, it started in blog form. You've continued it into your streams that you've uh, frequented quite frequently since uh, you know the old COVID struck. Yes, indeed, Matt. Uh, where will I start? It's. It, Firstly, what it is is not easy. Um, but what Northern, what Northern Boys is, uh, if anyone doesn't know, it's basically um, I've taken over Newcastle, but with a twist. So we've um, before the before starting the save, we've removed the Saudi takeover completely, taken away all the funds um, and the owners and that. And basically, the premise is that a new a new chairman's come in, transfer budget at zero, the reputation and everything is kind of back to how it was before the takeover. And we're giving ourselves four seasons to convert the entire club, players and staff, to only northeast born slash raised um, kind of personnel. Um, I'm a Newcastle fan, so it's kind of bothered me a long time that we've not had a, a Newcastle player or any northeast players really kind of like it's been a really poor kind of production. And particularly when you think about international level, um, the only two in the last few years have been Henderson and Bickford, who are both from Sunderland, um, which is not <laughs> not enjoyable as a Newcastle fan. Um, so the idea is to try and change that. Now, if we sign uh, Kieran Trippier, we might actually get an England cap into this Newcastle team for the first time in about 10 years. Um, so that's kind of the idea of the save. Um, spend four seasons kind of transitioning, selling all the non northeast players and trying to bring in as many as we can. So early doors, we brought in the likes of um, uh, like Dale Fry, the centre-half from Middlesbrough. We brought in Fraser Forster. Um, there was Lewis Gibson, Ben Gibson. And then we got Adam Armstrong in, which was your um, highlight of the save so far, Matt, because we only spent 28 million on him. So it was a bit of a bargain, um, <laughs> depending on, <laughs> depending on what double, double what, double what, what Southampton spent, but yeah, don't, yeah. don't talk about that. We don't need to talk about that. Um, so look, we're in, um, I released a blog this week um, and we've been streaming as well. We'll talk about that in a second. We, after season three, so season one was 16th and season two, we finished 15th. Um, and all along, we've kind of said, look, if we can just get established and avoid relegation and, and keep the job for the first four seasons, we'll have achieved something. Um, then we came into season three um, and things went really well. It was around the time I started streaming during during kind of Christmas, because obviously I was in isolation. Um, and at one point we, we went on this mad run and won six, seven games in a row. And then suddenly with um, with about eight games to go, we were we were like seventh. Um, and kind of hanging around European places. 
we were not ready for it. Like we don't have the squad size for it. I, I didn't know what we'd do if we actually got into Europe. So um, all of a sudden then, uh, a couple of results went our way in the other games. It was Tottenham and Arsenal that were mainly the competitors. For some reason, Aston Villa were flying high in third, managed by Frank Lampard. So, you know, take from that what you will. Um, and then next thing, we had three games to go. And one of them was against Tottenham, six-pointer, and we lost. Um, and that kind of ended the dream of Europe somewhat, thankfully, but it would have been a hell of an achievement. And we ended up finishing ninth in season three, um, which was really, really good. Like, again, our media predicted finish was like 17th or 18th. So um, this was all on stream. Everybody was buzzing. Um, it was all going so well. Um, around the same time, we also I, um, we're, we're kind of doing this whole thing of like trying to develop footballers in the Northeast um, giving money to all the clubs in the northeast, so we kind of randomly just drop a million to places like Blythe and Spennymore for some of the random shit players, just to give them cash so that they can produce more northeast players. And then we found this one guy; he was actually at Sunderland, um, a new gen left back, fifteen, the best um, new gen or the best kind of wonder kid left back I think I've ever seen. I, I threw it on Twitter, and people were like, "This guy is ridiculous!" Like for fifteen, um, the, the attributes were ridiculous. So naturally, we went to try and sign him had an 11 million bid accepted by Sunderland. And then he politely told us to go and fuck ourselves because he's Sunderland <laughs> till he dies. Born in Sunderland, favourite club Sunderland, hates Newcastle with a passion at 15 already. No interest. Um, so from there we commenced, um, I think we used to call it the Teach Pursuit. It's, I'm calling it the Friday Night FM Pursuit because Joe wrote a really good piece. Um, we'll drop it in the link, I suppose, Matt. Joe wrote a really good piece about signing uninterested players for the byline. Um, so we, we kicked that off right away. Um, we, it, it still hasn't really worked. We've been watching games, you know, declaring as a top target. We've been having some of our players trying to endorse a move. I think I've now had seven bids accepted and, and seven times in a row he's rejected us. But we will never give up as long as we live. Um, but he just has no interest because of the rivalry, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose to round it off, we're in season four now. Um and I've been streaming nearly every night um, for the last week. The missus is away, I mean, needless to say. Uh, so I have time. Um, and basically, it's not going as good this season. Um, and when I say it's not going as good this season, we um, started the season in our first 11 games. We didn't win. Um, we had two draws. And ever since then, we've been in the relegation zone, jumping out, jumping back in. We must have had probably... Easily, I would say, 10 summons from the board. This isn't good enough. Um, each time I've said, oh, yeah, the, the, you know, ignore the table. Uh, we've been playing well. Trust the process. And each time he said, oh, yeah, fair enough. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So it's, it's a lot of yo-yoing up and down. Um, we're very unlucky. We've, I've never seen us concede so many penalties. I've never seen us hit the post so many times. Um, most recently, the, the biggest drama, I think, on the stream was... Um, we were winning a like a must-win game against Southampton away. And with 84 minutes to go, and this might spark a little conversation, chaps. I shouted focus with five minutes, six minutes to go. And my entire chat went mental because that's the worst thing you can do, apparently. Now, to be fair, all the little <coughs> smiley faces went from green to red. <laughs> um, and then next thing, we've got a throw in. Ben Gibson takes the throw. There's literally a man in front of him unmarked, like the nearest player is 30 yards away. He throws it up in the air as far away as he can, gives it to them. They send it in the box and win a penalty and we draw. Um, and ever since then, it's just become a discussion about my shouts. And, and every time I go to do one, I, I fear the, the repercussions. So I don't know if you guys have any opinions on shouts, but... Um, I, I, I don't think I've it. ever used focus. Um, ones that I use are normally encourage when we're mm. drawing. Praise when we're winning. Praise is quite a powerful one, I think, or at least it really ups the morale. Concent concentrate after you've scored yeah. or after yeah. you've conceded demand, is the one I tend to use. Demand more when I'm losing, I think. I think mm. they're the three I use. I would always use focus after we score, but you know in the last five minutes and you know, you're just kind of like, I mean, if I'm on the sideline, I'm like, stay focused, guys, keep it going, you know, whatever. But worst thing you can do, apparently, never do it. <laughs> Because it's going to fuck shit up. And uh, yeah, look, we ended up drawing that game. Um, and since then, yeah, up and down, we've lost like five games in a row to silly teams, late goals conceded. Then we drew. Actually, it's it's yeah, concentrate. Sorry, you've, you've, you've 
isn't concentrate focus. Yeah, it got renamed to focus. I think in- it got renamed to focus. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I, I I do still use it when I I've not, never had like as drastic a as drastic situation as you've had mm. where like if I've if I've conceded I'll or if I sorry if I've if I've scored I'll use it and it it's never had like a a negative impact mm. like you've had. Um, obviously, I'm missing the the meta this year. I think maybe the problem was um, rather than doing it after we scored, we just did it with five minutes to go, and it, and it it basically like, I I don't I've never paid huge attention to there's little green like little smiley faces on each of the players now at the bottom of the screen, and you'll see the color turn if they react badly to it. So obviously, telling a bunch of players to concentrate with five minutes to go is the worst thing you could ever do to a team, and 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 of course I should have known that. <laughs> Um, but it, yeah, it, it unfortunately had a slightly negative reaction. I, I, I took a gif of the throw. The, the throw-in was the worst thing. I mean, it would li- the, 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 the defender, the midfielder, whoever's nearest to him, is literally like three meters away from him for the throw. And there isn't another Southampton player to be found. And he just chucks it up to the halfway line, gives it away, and, uh, and they turned it around, got a penalty. So very disappointing. The highlight, though, um, in the last day or so, another game where it was like sack looming... Um, and all that kind of jazz played Leeds um, and I actually genuinely thought we might get sacked after this game we're 1-0 down comes to 90 minutes and it says plus 3 gets to 93 minutes and Adam Armstrong scores an equaliser so we've obviously lost our minds then next thing straight away the ball is in our, is in our half and Leeds have the ball again and I'm like oh yeah they're just going to score and win turnover ball hoofed up Callum Wilson picks it up 95 minutes in a plus three, scores the winner, and uh, kept us in, kept us in the job for another another couple of days, and then we lost about three <laughs> games after that. But anyway, so it's going well. It's going well, Matt. It's not emotional or fucking traumatic at all. I promise. You smash your fruit. To be fair, I did like what season four now. Season well. four now. I mean, to be fair, obviously the whole isolation during Christmas thing um, was gave me a lot of time that I wasn't expecting during Christmas. Because um, basically from Christmas Eve, I was in isolation all the way through New Year's. So that's when the streaming started. Obviously, I wouldn't normally be streaming. Um, don't know how long it'll last, but it's it's going really well. Having a great time with it. A lot of people really like the save. Just the concept mm-hmm. and the challenge. They are not. Yeah. They don't seem to be put off by how difficult it is yet. But I've had one guy um, saying he wants to do it in Yorkshire. I have another one saying he wants to do it in Liverpool. One guy's already started one for Greater Manchester. There's another guy, I think it's actually Looney, was doing, he's going to do it in East Anglia. And then just today, somebody said they're going to try it in... Um, down south in Southampton, so East Anglia. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like it's an Ipswich Grant and Holt Norwich, and yeah, um, Grant Holt's from Northampton, oh, Cumbria. He's not. The he's from, not from, who's from East Anglia? I couldn't even tell you myself. No, I don't know. I actually, had the, I had the filter. Todd Cantwell. He sent yeah. us the filter, and um, it, it was tough. It was slim pickings, even compared to the northern one, to be honest. But um, it's cool to see a lot of people giving it a try. Some people are do, like, there's a guy doing one in Russia now. Um, as well in like the east uh, what do they call it the east block or something like that, that so, is mad yeah I was told we need to find a name for it you know like you have journeyman and build a nation um, so we, we had suggestions of local local legend was one um, I wanted to call it only fans because it's you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be local I don't think it's taken so we might, we might check it out yeah. the Ro- Royston Vasey because <laughs> he local saves for local people Dated reference, I've realised at this point. Dave probably doesn't even know who the league. Nah, I don't know. You just sound like a weirdo <laughs> at this point. <laughs> For a change. Uh, so so far, um, look, we're still in the job. Um, uh, really hovering around relegation. We just got off the bottom of the league in, into 18th. We've got six games left. We're about three points out of safety. I don't know. Um, I don't even know if we get relegated if we keep the job because the. We haven't been given a points target or anything yet, but the job status is very, very insecure. I'd love you. For, I'd love for you to go down but keep the job. I think that'd be pretty cool. That would be interesting now because the team. I mean, it's probably a good championship team, really. To be fair, um, the best player we bought was um, the boy from Man United. We talked about him before because um, we were apparently we were pronouncing his name wrong, so we were calling him Shola Shortire. Um, and I've been told that he's um, Sh- Sh- Shola Shortire. And uh, he's Newcastle-born. Yeah. I, I did tell you that. Did you? Sorry. Yeah. I, I was too busy yeah, listening to Duke talking about, uh, talking about his name. I, I just mean, liked if the, you, we can't just do with pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, <laughs> the Welsh. Uh, no, I just, I I just love that fair. his name is... Uh, his name is Shola. That's all I care about. He's named after Talking me. about pronunciations. Someone mentioned the podcast to me the other day 
and spelt Dupe's name as D-U-P-E. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like a dupe. <laughs> dupe. Yeah, I was like, yes. We don't, dupe. <laughs> we, we don't need one of him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, That's what his doppelganger's called. <laughs> was, the evil one. I was going to say, Mad, uh, what, what sort of budgets are you starting with every season? Um, so, so the first season we started with zero. Um, yeah. because I, obviously I was looking at it going, right, let's, let's, this, I suppose the scenario we're creating is new chairman's come in. He's not Saudi. He's not a billionaire. And, um, he's basically saying, we've got to convert this club to Northeast only, which means, um, we're obviously gonna have to sell a lot of players. So I figured we'll raise cash there. We won't be spending huge amounts and the, the kind of between the prize money and the TV money will build it. So zero in season one, it was about memory's terrible now. I think it got up to 20, 20 something, um, maybe actually 30 after season one, because we sold, like we sold Ryan Fraser for 12 million, sold Joel Linton for a bit, sold Dubravka for 9 million to bring in Fraser Forster, because, you know, why wouldn't you do that? And um, <laughs> only 34. And um, the following season, we finished 15th, I think it was. The budget then went up to 50 million, but we had sold... Um, Oh, we again, we sold like Jamala sells. We sold, like we've been selling, 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 you know, even if it's three, mm. four, five million here and there, it's all building up. Um, and uh, then by the time we came around to finishing season three, got a 21, bil- 21 million in for Jamal Lewis. Um, and it's all 100% to the to the pot. Like, and we finished ninth, so we got 23 million of prize money. So we actually sat there at one point with 75 million in the transfer budget, wow. which is all well and good, but I can't really can't spend sign anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we bought um, and that's another thing that the board will get annoyed at annoyed I, I have at, a yeah, feeling I, I do have a feeling though, you yeah, I, I, I'm wondering is that playing into it going like you have all the tools at your disposal and you're doing nothing with it because of the players you're buying well sometimes yeah. you do get the that like I've had it at Bournemouth in FM21 where I was there for a few seasons and I wasn't really spending the money mm. because the club didn't have it really to spend it was always sort of on the never never. Even if I was not buying on the never never, they they were getting loans in and restructuring debt to be able to give me the money to spend. Because mm. obviously, uh, the Bournemouth don't have an enormous stadium. I think it's like twelve thousand or something. Uh, so you don't get much from gate receipts. And as a result of that, they were, they were starting to just throw money at me. I don't know why, but they they started saying basically as one of the vision club parts of the club vision was to. Spend all of the transfer, like available transfer budget. Oh, I've never so seen I was that. Being forced into doing it was actually a, an objective I had to meet. I've never seen that. So that a, Luckily, we haven't got that now because we like with the rules, we obviously can't. The players we want, I mean, we have that new gen at Sunderland. The other players we really want are like Jordan Henderson, Jordan Pickford, and um, we talked about Giovanni Reina before, but they're still way out of our league. They've no interest. We finished above Everton in season three, and I was hoping that might trigger um, Jordan Pickford to be interested. I think it's Pickford's got. The Sunderland I know, another, as another well, chief, hasn't he? Yeah. And same with Henderson. Yeah. So. so it's 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 not easy. <laughs> I was, um, was going to mention that earlier. Sorry, Mad. Hmm. Um, I I don't know if I've spoke about this before on the wall save. I've not I've not touched it for a while. But I tried to sign Jude Bellingham. Uh, I think his release clause was just under a hundred mil, and I thought you know he's going to be a massive upgrade on what we try. Uh, you know, to to strengthen our squad, and um, I had a bit accepted for him. And at the time, he says the club weren't uh of enough sort of uh, they weren't strong enough. Kind basically. of stature, yeah, mm. yeah, enough stature, yeah. Um, so I did the old teach Friday night FM pursuit uh for about six months on him. Um, went for him again in the summer. Had the same thing. Uh, waited for you know when the season sort of restarts, you get the leaderboards come up. I think mm. Maybe my reputation will go up then. Bid again. Um, and then he said, due to uh, his connection with Birmingham City, he didn't want to enter contract talks with me. Because the rivals, mm. bitter rivals. Well, after all of that, yeah, yeah. he still screwed you. Chief. What a bastard. See, what you needed to do there, Dave, is go for the, go for the FM dupe and, and sign Joby Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd work. Dupe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Matt, you mentioned Bournemouth. Uh, I have to say, the, one of the things I spotted yesterday in my game, so we're in 2025, I think now, season four, and we played Bournemouth who are in the Premier League. And they have upgraded their stadium. So it's like eighteen or 20,000 now. And it's the Eddie Howe Arena. So oh much respect for that, yeah. <laughs> At least it's not Yikes. the Jason Tindall Arena anyway. That's- oh, I imagine. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, it's halfway there, so bad enough. Mm. I mean, that, that's, what it's, that's what Newcastle Stadium is going to get renamed to. 
at some point. If, He's managed them for a game, technically, when Howe was isolating himself. So, oh, dear me. Um, the, 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 to round things off, the one question I wanted to ask, because I can't remember when you were you'd sort of started, whether we'd covered this or not, but because you removed all of the the new takeover, have you set it up so you can't be taken over at all? Or is there like a looming sort of danger of someone else coming in and doing exactly what the Saudis have done in real life? Thought the exact same thing when I was, I actually went to start the game and then I re, I, I kind of went, oh, you know, as I was writing the first blog post, I introduced this new fictional chairman that we called, uh, we've called him Joe Ordiman. So when you say it fast enough, it's Jordy Man. Uh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I went back into the editor then and I actually, there is an option to say prevent takeovers or something like that. Now, in season two, we got at least three news articles with rumours. It came up first, right, at the beginning of season two, at the very beginning, I think, um, that Joe Ordeman was rumoured to want to step aside um, and that somebody else would come in and take over. There's nobody else in the board or anything like. And then we got another one later going, you know, whatever, takeover rumours not to be believed. And then I, I was kind of like, it's not working. Um, I went back in and looked and it was still ticked. You know, it was still ticked to prevent it. Nothing since. It never happened. Um, but it would be a disaster if it did happen. Um, I think you probably get, you always get something to do, like linking with maybe. ownerships, even if they're happy. Um, could have called him Geordie Hawaii or Hawaii the lads. Hawaii the lads. Eddie Hawaii. <laughs> so, Eddie Hawaii. Eddie Hawaii. Uh, turning into a Lund Poly advert circa 1994. Um, Dave remembers that too. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave wasn't, literally wasn't even born at that point. So, so we'll move on. Our spotlight, um, unfortunately, is, is Joeless when really he's the best person sort of to, to talk us through this and, and aid us with it. But we're looking at replicating West Ham's tactic as they've sort of had a very good season last season and have built upon that strong season this year as well and apart from a, a minor blip a few weeks ago in real life they've uh, they've managed to pull themselves back out of that minor tailspin and are sort of pushing for the top four which is I mean that I would say they've pretty much consolidated themselves to a top eight Premier League spot um, but we are going to look through uh, what going to review their system and see how we would replicate it in Football Manager so are we going to be using the four-two-three-one system, but Moyes does obviously occasionally change things. In some games, he's reverted to a back five, and I mean, it's, it's Moyes, so it's definitely a back five and not a back three. <laughs> but <laughs> so that, uh, and I, I think really the the obvious thing is that they play very much counter-attacking football and don't care about possession so much that I've I seemingly watched a lot of West Ham this year without really trying to like go out of my way to watch a lot of West Ham and even in matches where uh, I think it was in the well what is not the Carling it's the Carabao Cup and they they're against non-league opposition they weren't really trying to not non it won't be non league I was going to say non league in the caravan yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> up the ticks uh, uh, yeah lower league I can't think what the team was but it may have even been last season so but things haven't really changed from last season onto this one but they were very much not really that fussed about about possession so much um, so four two three one is the the system we will focus on building this evening um, we do have lots of notes from Joe because as you'd expect it's very detailed um, but before we move on to the team instructions because I, I think I don't know I, I my in general with making tactics in football manager I tend to focus on on the roles first and then maybe use the team because I feel like the the player roles they kind of they supersede whatever the team instructions are anyway especially if you are you've got certain roles in use um, so we'll go through the team in the the four two three one and and sort of compare and contrast and see what we think. So we'll start off in goal, predominantly playing Lucas Fabianski, apart from the odd appearance from the nip, uh, <laughs> fleeting appearances in cup competitions. But it is predominantly Lucas Fabianski. In terms of his instructions, I would absolutely class him as just a bog standard goalkeeper there's no yeah. real sweeper keeping at all going on there um and i don't even know if it even 
I've seen his distribution, even things like distribution. I know with with goalkeepers, things are limited, uh, but generally, he, he, it's a bit mixture of both. He'll be he, I, I find that Declan Rice drops deep to collect it from him sometimes, or he rolls it out to one of the centre halves, and he obviously occasionally punts it long. There is no real definitive style that he of of distribution. Yeah, I, th- I think I mean if we're looking at his football manager attributes as well, the goalkeeper role definitely suits him. Um, he's got low eccentricity, low first touch, which is what you'd normally need for a decent sweeper keeper. Um, but his distribution's all right as well, Matt. Hot, mm. okay kicking, good throwing. Um, and like you said earlier, as a counter-attacking team, he's actually got the player trait to use long throw to start counter-attacks as well. So I think that goalkeeper role is is pretty much bang on for Fabianski. It's strange from a sort of real-life football point of view that I, I, I expected Ariola to come in and play a lot more than he has. I suppose West Ham are in a lot of competitions, but maybe it's with a view long term that they bring Ariola in as the Fabianski replacement. He's only in on loan still. Yeah, on loan from PSG, PSG still. Yeah. So, but uh, also with playing counter attacking, you don't really need a sweeper keeper. Yeah. So much because you're playing considerably a, a considerably Deep deeper defensive yeah. line, so it kind of nullifies the need for it uh, unless you're getting rocked on the counter yourselves. Uh, so we'll move forward slightly and look at our back four. Uh, so we'll start off with Vladimir Sufal uh, at right back. I would say from watching uh, a fair amount of West Ham, fullback attack is pretty much bang on for him. Um, as a as a he's certainly not a wing back. He does he gets forward a lot, but not. He doesn't do a lot of passing. It's pretty much, it's very much a Gary Neville-esque right back, tough in the tackle and can whip in a ball. But doesn't tend to do a lot of. It doesn't cut inside. Doesn't tend to do any sort of crossfield balls or anything like that. It's predominantly charge up, provide a, an option in attack, and then whip a ball in as soon as you can. Basically, he's been very good against me in um, the Northern Boys safe. Um, I think I haven't really seen him play as a wing back. I think you're right. I think it's been full back. Um, I mean, now that I look at it closer, because I'm not a very good manager in, at all. Um, <laughs> like what I noticed about him was he was just bombing all the time, even for a full back. Um, up and down, up and down, up and down. He seemed to be everywhere because obviously you'd know the name or whatever. But um, looking at his attributes, like work rate is 16, stamina is 16, determination is 17. Um, that I think that definitely plays into it, especially. You know, I, 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 for a while, I mean, I've done a lot of tactical changes. For a while, we switched to a kind of a five, kind of like a five-three-two or whatever, with wing backs. Rarely, my wing backs were were finishing a game, especially when you had a busy schedule. Um, but I think what he brings from an FM perspective to be able to put him on attack there, Matt, is that he he will not only bomb up, but he'll make it back because of that. Um, he's got a trade of gets forward wherever possible. Um, but when you have him as a fullback, he, he's going to come back. You know, whereas a wing back could probably probably stay up more often I think yeah I was going to say with the with the wing back sometimes you expect them to get the ball and drive the ball up the pitch for you whereas looking at Sue Fowles attributes like the dribbling's a little bit lower technique uh, and passing is a little bit low but like you say if he can get up there just to provide the option for the midfielders or the wingers his crossing attribute is bang on so I think the, the full back role is, is probably what's what's going to suit him best good really good tackler and, and good crosser of the ball uh, in FM especially Sure, he scored against me as well, to be honest. But I think most, <laughs> I think most players have at this point. <laughs> I mean, in terms of instructions, it would def- I mean, I think cross more often is on by default still with the fullback attack. Mm. If it's not, I would turn that on because that's pretty much what he does. Yeah. Um, and if you can probably dribble less to make sure that he's putting the crosses in if we're trying to do a true replication uh, rather than trying to run with the ball a lot because also it will mean that he's more likely to move forward and to provide a, an additional passing option and I would say that uh, West Ham don't really play with traditional wingers we'll get onto those obviously as we get further up the pitch but he provides a fair amount of width on the counter as well um, so let's move on to the other side uh, so we'll look at left back which is Aaron Cresswell predominantly prior to his sort of more recent injury Um I would say he actually is more of a wing-back on support uh, in terms of football manager. He doesn't drive forward 
as much and is more likely to pass in field and has got a very good range of passing anyway. Um, so I would probably say to add a bit of balance, I think he obviously he's also the set piece specialist or has been um, for both corners and free kicks. So is very good at dead ball deliveries, which obviously comes with being able to actually pass sensibly too. Maybe it's those really strong set piece attributes, but his profile in general looks really, really solid. Like overall, he's got a really tidy set of attributes. It, like I say, it might be though that corner and the free kicks being a lot higher, but overall, he's a really solid and consistent player across his profile. And there's only yeah, three. He, um, there's only th- three attributes, maybe four below double figures, which is. I mean, there's a lot of attributes, right? Finishing, yeah, yeah, leadership, yeah. aggression. And jumping reach. Everything else is like double figures in 12 and 13 and 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really solid. Big player. But yeah, man, I think I the only thing against him is his age, really. I think yeah. in terms of if you were, I mean, if you're not playing as West Ham and you're looking for someone who can play left back, you probably aren't going to sign him because he's he's only going to go down Yeah, <laughs> attribute wise. I think his physicals long term will let him yeah. down quite quickly because his physicals are okay now. Like so you, as you know, in football manager, some players' physicals can just drop really quickly. And I think he, he just looks like one of those players. <laughs> Tell you, the, what he gives you, though, is the delivery, doesn't he? Like yeah, the, mate. That's so, that's so important on this game, I think. You know how powerful set pieces can be, corners crossing. I think that'll be bang on. He'll, he'll get so many assists. Get that overlap left going and space. First time crossing, boom. See, on FM22, I've actually found that the fullback support role is actually pretty... It feels a, a lot more attacking than it has done in previous years, mm. but I think he does need the wing back support to roll instead to encourage him to be a bit more diverse in what he provides. So we'll we'll provide those passes, and we'll also cross as well, um, and occasionally we'll 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 cut inside. It's not often, but obviously it gives him a bit more license to roam forward. Uh, so centre halves. Predominantly, again, prior to injury, there seems to be a, <laughs> a reoccurring theme. <laughs> but uh, without that, uh, Kurt Zuma and Angelo Ogbonna were the, were the starting pair. Kurt Zuma is a physical specimen without a brain. Whoa. Or at least, like... <laughs> he's, his physicals are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't realise he was that yeah. quick. Well, acceleration 18, strength 20. Flipping, Decisions eh? 10 or oh. 9, isn't it? <laughs> 14. <laughs> Gets forward whenever possible, dribbling nine. No. <laughs> but Kurt Zuma is a, like in, in football manager terms is fantastic. He's incredibly solid for West Ham. That, that yeah. there I saw I think it was the last game I watched them play and it was they were doing a comparison with without Zuma at, or Ogbonger in their team versus when they are and the the contrast was quite quite stark. Uh, Craig Dawson has come in and actually I quite like Craig Dawson as an old school centre half literally just head it a quick kick mm-hmm. it away doesn't care um, will give away the odd rash penalty for his uh, for his stylistic way of tackling but I do I, I'm, I'm quite a fan of his uh, his fearlessness uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that either of these are classed as ball playing centre halves no, I don't think so I would say Pretty much two bog standard. They do have a bit more ability, and they could pass if if necessary. But generally, as I sort of alluded to before, Declan Rice or or Socek are the ones dropping deep and collecting the ball anyway to start any form of attack. There's a reason why, and again, I'm, we'll save it for Declan Rice. But he there's so much more transience in his play, and the, compared to the, even last season. Because he's just dropping deep, picking the ball up, and starting any form of attack, and starting the distribution, almost removing that element of trust you have to have in centre halves and their distribution, um, which means that they can set defensively more quickly. But I, I don't think there is any instructions I would probably put on them. Just have to put them there. Like I was looking at him uh, at the attributes here in the, the profile. Man weighs ninety six kilos. I've just changed my skin. He's fifteen stone. <laughs> Of pure and and of, it must be literally pure muscle. He's got strength twenty. I've just flicked over there to look at Akin Fenwa. Do you remember we said he was like the highest strength? He weighs six kilos more than Zuma, 
So, I mean, this lad is just... Zuma is quite a lot... He's, he's got about six inches on him in height. Oh, yeah, of course. But, like, I think. he's 6'3", but, you know, he's just... He's just pure fucking strong. He's a tank, like. I'd love to see what it's like in the match engine. Players must just bounce off him. Like, he's a wall. <laughs> Um, we have we, Matt, we have to give a shout out as well. He, this is one of Curti FM's favourites. I was literally going to mention. Kurt. I did think. I did think that. You got a glorious. Maybe it's the manager, not the player. Um, but no disagreements there. Then I would say from mm. from either of their profiles that, and also fitting in with the with how West End play as well. Now we're on to our central midfield pairing, and I think this is perhaps the the most contentious area. Uh, depending on how you want to play them. You could argue they may be, especially with where Declan Rice tends to... I think this is an, they're an excellent pivot. They work so well together as a partnership. Over the years, talking about Gerard and Lampard not being able to play together, these two just seem to have this symbiotic relationship where when one goes, the other will stay, uh, and vice versa. I would say Declan Rice, whilst starting perhaps in the deeper deeper of the two positionally, he's the you know he's the predominant one who collects the ball i would say his role has transitioned quite a lot from what it was last year um he's added more goals to his game he's dribbling a lot more he's carrying the ball a lot further from deeper positions and it basically just driving forward with the ball from from deep I've seen it on a number of occasions where he's literally collected the ball from the center halves as I was sort of saying and then just driven forwards um, so his role is a bit more difficult to pin down, I would think. You could argue maybe he's a, a Segundo Volante on support, yeah. maybe even attack, in, or perhaps a Regista. It, it's it's if you were choosing from a, a deeper position, or alternatively, it's you could argue maybe it's even a, a central midfielder on support, but then with loads of sort of instructions to make it really particular. But because he is one of the playmaking hubs of the team, I feel like he does need that playmaking tag in in a role, but being able to then replicate that, because I think the deep-lying playmaker is too reserved for how he plays. So maybe a roaming playmaker, possibly, if we're trying to fit it without too much messing around. Um, Socek, on the other hand, I would say he's pretty much a a box-to-box midfielder, but without the roaming which is which it comes as default so you can't turn that off he's a he does move forward but it's more he's uh, definitely a, an up and down shuttle rather than a left to right sort of shuttle that you get from the the Carrillero role I, I think this is quite a difficult pairing to actually get nailed on exactly in football manager yeah i was going to say something similar Matt. like with rice even looking at his attributes i think it you're you're 100% spot on last year was a much more defensive player and his role for England was quite defensive because of Phillips, I suppose, being a bit more mobile and ball carrying. And obviously this season we've seen him way more advanced up the field and having way more influence. And like Dave, I guess like if you're a researcher and you're looking at Rice now and then you're based on what you've seen in real life, this he's probably going to, he's probably going to be changed somewhat in terms like his dribbling now is 13. Um, I think we've seen better than that this season. And even his propensity to get forward, his passing, everything. Uh, I'd imagine he'll there'll be an evolution there. So in FM terms, I think, yeah, probably a bit more defensive to get the most out of him. But if you were trying to replicate real-life West Ham, I think it'll be a different story next season in Football Manager because you'll, you'll see a different type of player than he is now. I think he's been one of those players this year more so. The last two years or two editions of the game, I think he's been a player that can literally slot into any team in the game. I think this year more so, like I said, I think... You could manage one of the best teams on the game, and he would he would still get in your squad because he's really good. And just looking at the roles, like I'm on FM now, I've just highlighted him. I know Matt, you said maybe the DLP will restrict him slightly. I, I used him in a, a deep line playmaker role on my Newcastle save. I signed him, and it's still like you still those high attributes that are highlighted are still such strong attributes. But you're right, you could you could put him in pretty much most midfield roles. And I think his attributes will make it work. And I think it's completely down to one, the system that you want to play and two, the instructions you put on him. But I'm just chucking like in Gantch, he's all right. I mean, what else can I put him on? Um, not a round or two, that'd be, that'd be stupid. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> isn't, it, um, 
Isn't it Secundo Volante? I'm just checking here. Isn't Secundo Volante the one that partners quite well with another role? Um, like it's recommended in in like the description of it, the role. I think it's I think it's the anchor role. Yes, it, because it's because it, the Secundo Volante is such an a, a attacking. Okay. Or it can be such an attacking th- uh, role. The the other pairing I did think you could potentially go for a Segundo Valente and ball winning midfielder on support for Socek because I think the the ball winning midfielder on support is actually quite a, an attacking role. It, it can be anyway, yeah. depending on the player. It doesn't. They they will move a lot further forward than a lot of people would give them credit for, and. Predominantly, I think he he does do a fair amount of of closing down as well in midfield. He's usually the first one to press in that pairing with with Rice tending to shield the defence more often than than Socek. So I would say that that is probably more akin. I think then you can also perhaps add you you can bend that a little more to you. You remove the 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 roaming capabilities then of. It's like a box-to-box midfielder, but without that roaming, and I think that's perhaps maybe better suited having thought about it a little it's bit. It's crazy we're talking about um, uh, putting him as a ball-winning midfielder. He has the attributes for us. He scored 10 goals last season. How we- a lot of <laughs> set pieces, from set pieces. Yeah, yeah. true, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Yeah. The, my only reservation, just quickly, very quickly looking at a Segundo, and I know it, it's quite a powerful role this year if, if nobody's used it and wants something different. My, and I probably agree, Rice's role is sort of similar to that in real life. My only concern with his current profile in FM is that his finishing and long shots are, are not really low, but they're fairly low. Mm. Um, so if you are getting him into those goal-scoring positions, there are probably better players suited to that role. But, but then we can you can tweak it to to reduce his like, yeah shooting. if you if you yeah if you restrict those two attributes though other than that it's bang on like his mentals and, and even physicals are so strong 22 years of age within a season or two he's going to be an absolute tank do you want to hear the best alternatively just play him as a libero and be done yeah, with yeah. it so <laughs> I, I'll, just, I'll just give you a little nugget as well we talked about his goal scoring ability he scored a hat-trick against me um, this last season uh, no sorry Susek Susek oh my word <laughs> Yikes, definitely Stop the manager. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to the sort of the attacking triumph triumvirate. I think I've probably made a massacre of that again. Um but we've got Jared Bowen, who predominantly plays on the right. Four Niles, who plays sort of in the middle, but I, there is a fair amount of rotation in real life yeah. between the, the this front three. And then Said Ben Rama, who predominantly starts on the left. Uh so Bowen I get. I think probably, probably an inverted winger rather than an inside forward. Particularly with he doesn't contribute a lot of goals, and he's usually looking for a cross rather than looking for the shot. More often than not, from from the the matches that I've watched him in, it may just be because he's he's not. I'm not sure what his attributes are like, but his finishing doesn't see. Finishing is really strong on FM. Fifteen, you know. Real life, Mm, not so, not so much. Yeah, I probably agree with inverted. I'm just quickly looking at inside forward. Obviously, that relies on the finishing a little bit more. I think in FM, an inside forward would be absolutely fine, but I do, I probably do agree with you. His goal, um, his direct goal contribution probably isn't as, as strong as you'd want it to be for an inside forward. But on FM terms, I think absolutely fine. I'm surprised that physically, again, he's not poor, but I thought, I thought one or two of those would be a little bit stronger. Um, he's got acceleration and pace of 14. Balance and and strength is quite low as well, but other than that, I think I, we're talking about uh, upgrades and updates and so on. I think in a winter update, he's one of the players that might get a, a, some nice boosts to one or two of his attributes. I was just going to say the same, Dave. Like he's another one of those players who's, I mean, he's kicked on to another level this season. He he's linked with Liverpool apparently, um, in terms of being able to fit into that kind of front three that they play because of the way he cuts in. He has. Um, nine assists this season in real life um, but again I think he's his game has changed from what he was last season he was definitely much more as you said a winger but he, he his, while he isn't a big goal scorer spends a lot more time in the box I think than he used to um, and he, for me he's kicked on leaps and bounds he's also another one of those players I believe that has come up from quite low lower leagues no? Um, from from Hull was he's he not? Was he not? In the championship, even before Hull, yeah. though, was he not um, in like 
tour. I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's check. Yeah, he was at Hereford. Um, so do you know he's? It's not like he was in an, uh, an academy of a big club. You know, he's he's kind of, I suppose, to an extent, worked his way up. But um, brilliant player this season. And so, say Ben Rama on the other side. I would say I would argue the same role in in football manager terms, yeah. because and uh, in terms of how he plays in real life, if we're doing going for a true replication, again, I mean he didn't. I don't. He took him ages to score his first goal for West Ham. <laughs> he, he came close quite a, quite a number of times mm. last season, but it took him ages to score. So you could uh, he does take a lot of shots from distance, and you could argue that Bowen does as well, um, if if it's on. But they do both tend to cross more often than provide a, a through ball or, or a direct attempt at goal, or at least a successful attempt at goal. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I think again inverted winger for sure because his finishing is slightly lower. Again, not dreadful, but he's got a very similar profile to Jared Bowen. I think very strong technically, physically probably not as strong as I would expect, um, but still solid. A really good player again all, all round. They've got some really nice players and. Players that have still got another two, three, four years at, at the top level before they, before you even need to worry about, uh, you know, replacing them. Really good squad so far. He's one of those players that I think um, my FM experience with him has made me think he's not as good in real life um, mm. because you, you spend too much time in FM. I had him at uh, at Angers in the save last year. I might have been just alone because he, um, um, because he I was a homegrown or whatever it was. Um, he was on Genet, but he was really poor. Now, again, maybe I didn't get the best out of him, but he, he was contributing nothing in terms of goal contributions. And like Matt said, it took him a long time to get going. So I actually was had kind of written him off, even in real life, thinking, you know, overrated or whatever. Um, looking at him in the FM, yeah, definitely inverted winger, cutting inside, tricky player. I'm looking at his traits, tries tricks, um, likes the round keeper, which would be more suitable. But then randomly, he's also got um, curls ball and plays his shots, but his long shots are like 11, so... Probably want to be wary of that, um, his like his propensity to score, um, but definitely a player I've underrated for a while, and yeah, I think he'd do well as an inverter winger, um, probably on support maybe. Mm. It, I think it, if we're trying to make it work well with uh, what we've already selected, I'd probably probably go with an, another attacking option, or whereas that the left hand side is looking a bit anemic in comparison to the right. Um, it, again, it depends on how how else we're distributing the other attacking roles. But if we're we've got Aaron Cresswell, who's on a, a wing back on support, um, it may look a bit yeah lacking, especially as Rice is probably going to start on the left hand side of midfield. So we've got a bit of extra defensive cover, I guess. There mm. we we're getting a bit a bit pedantic, I guess. But uh, we'll move on to Pablo Fornals, who has kind of adopted the the Lingard role from last season. I would say at least closest from he's he's scored quite a few goals from like especially with like pullbacks from goal or being like just the first first player for the second ball when it's in and around the box if it's been deflected from a cross or clear or partially cleared or from a knockdown from from Antonio so he's profited quite a lot from from the fact that they they didn't decide to to re-sign Lingard it's kind of he's another difficult role to really pin down. You could argue potentially shadow striker, uh, or maybe even just a standard attacking midfielder on attack. I don't feel like he does an awful lot of playmaking. Uh, I think maybe he he could probably he probably suits the role, but I don't think the role suits the like a counter attacking team, especially mm. as you if you were you're playing Declan Rice, who is the predominant creator from the for the side at least from deep. I don't feel like he would be best used and best used to replicate how West Ham play, especially from a, a counter-attacking team. You want uh, your your attacking midfielder to be a presence in the box, especially if you're you're playing like you've got Antonio, who will it doesn't really score an awful lot of goals, really. Uh, so you'll need you need to have contributions from your your other midfielders. Um, I think yeah, maybe attacking midfielder on attack with perhaps. I'm trying to think, maybe shoots more often as a rather than anything else because he does seem to have a you know he's got a decent long shot on him as well. Um, I'm not sure what you chaps think. Yeah, 
I mean, again, he's another player that I'll, I'd probably expect some stronger attributes in one or two areas. But I also like, I know it, Joe's probably sort of picked their most used 11. You could say they've also got Nikola Vlasic, who hasn't played a huge amount, but he's a really nice uh, looking attacking midfielder as well. So I think long term, you know, he he could be in there. I'd argue that his attributes at the moment on FM are probably stronger than Fournals. Um, I I forget the four nails. You know, he's only seems like he's been around ages, but he's only been at West Ham a couple of years and still only twenty five. But um, quickly looking at it, I think. I mean, let's have a look. Uh, Dave, sorry, no, no. Fuck Nikola. Fuck Nikola Vlasic. Nikola Vlasic has scored in every <laughs> game. Every game <laughs> we've played against West Ham, Nikola Vlasic scores I, to the point where he's the bogey player. Every time I see him on the field, I'm like, he's going to score. And he, and he <laughs> so he's not getting in, Dave. I don't care. How much Joe on this one? <laughs> no. Fournals, to be fair, Fournals, he's not he's not got any poor attributes as such. I think mm. the attacking midfield works absolutely fine with him. Even Shadow Striker works fine with him as well. Who would you compare think, him to yeah, in real would, life? Would would he be like a Antiques or Fournals, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking nice <laughs> sorry. Chief. I was kinda of like, is he is he like a Santi Cazorla kind of like he's not a huge amount of mobility, I would say. Like he's he's not all over the pitch. But he's a lot more mobile than than Cazorla okay? ever was. Yeah, yeah. He's. What do you think about an enganch? Was that wasted on him? No, he's. I don't think he's. He's not. A th- that's a very. He's a lot more dynamic player, than almost. than. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fornals isn't that. I feel like I think he's kind of changed his play style from what I remember him playing. I I don't know if he's ever played like a. I think he, I feel like he has played in a deeper role before for West Ham. Mazzala. Um I might. I mean, if they deeper, I think he probably has probably has played in in that sort of role in the past. But he's, I feel like his role has changed, um, particularly for this season as well. I feel like last season he may have been used a bit more in that that pivot pivoting role, or maybe on the left hand side, sort of as a as an interchanging player with between him and Ben Rama. But this this season he's made that attacking midfield berth his own, really. And he, if he's keeping out a new signing. Out of the team, he can't really complain. I think the only thing that really kind of lets it down, lets him down, is his finishing. But I would dare say, with his sort of goal-scoring exploits this season, he's more likely to get a, a small, a small bump. Uh, knowing how football manager researchers tend to be a bit reactive <laughs> to sort of temporary form changes, etc. I think there's an opportunity there as well. Like he's he's quite quite a technician there, passing 15, first touch 16, technique 15. He doesn't have any player traits um, at the beginning of the game, so probably do a little bit with him as well to like settle on a position, as you said, if it's a shadow strike or an attacking midfielder. Just decide kind of what you'd want him to do. I'd say that would help as well. Right, we'll move on to the big man up top, Mikel Antonio, who, has, uh, well, depending on which week you're listening to, the uh, Sky Sports coverage. Mm. <laughs> it depends on how unplayable he actually is or whether he's having a barren spell or not. Um, and you were mentioning about Kurt Zuma's physical presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio is very similar in that role. I would say, again, another difficult one. I don't think target men, although they were working, I don't think they work as well as they they have done since uh, the recent patch. And I also don't think he is that one-dimensional when it comes to to playing for West Ham either. I would say perhaps a complete forward on support to give, because he's got a lot of very good attributes. There are a couple that maybe are a bit deficient. Um, And I, I mean, unless you're spending 60 million, you're not going to get the perfect complete forward. But I think that probably probably covers his role for West Ham a bit better. He's expected to do a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's again, it's a strange one. I think with his performances this season, maybe it's sort of you know taking control of my opinion of him a little bit because I I I expect his profile to be a little bit stronger on FM. Um, I thought he maybe had one or two more. Uh, physical points in certain areas and same technically as well and we might see that in, in January or whenever the winter update comes out but I think something like a complete forward pretty much suits him quite well again he's pretty solid throughout I just expected to see maybe one or two more higher attributes in there Um, but yeah 
Target man, I think, wastes one or two of his areas because I think he's a very solid player, can do a lot of things more than just stand up there and lump the ball up to him, basically. I wouldn't say he's set up for success, usually going into a new save. Like, he's 31, uh, 32 in March, um, finishing 12. Off the ball is 14, but, like, you'd imagine there's a decline kind of coming more more than anything in FM terms. Um, if, if you... As soon as those physicals start to deteriorate, he goes from a a, a good player to a very average player mm. quite quickly. So that could be Hello, Theo Walcott. Yeah. Yes. You know who's like that? Bamiang is <laughs> like that all the time. Two or three years in the save, yeah. you'll see a Bamiang get some low-end Prem team because he's the exact same. Yeah, once the pace goes, mm-hmm. that that's yes. pretty much it. I think, I think I'm seeing it happen uh, Callum Wilson as well. It's, uh, he's been nerfed a bit because he was stupidly OP last year. <laughs> there, there is a decline there after kind of three seasons with him, which is good. Like because he was, he was. I was a bit worried about him, thinking he'd be too. Can we um, talk about Mikel Antonio going from right back to striker, and that's just F- that's just <laughs> FM magic. That is. <laughs> um, anyone that ever was done that? Because he started as a right back at at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I remember him. At, he was class at Forest as well that one year. He was brilliant there. Have you ever tried to turn a right back into a striker in FM, Dave? No. Say again, sorry. Have you ever tried to turn a right back into a striker in FM? No. <sighs> Matt <No>. Darty. <laughs> Danny Alves, maybe, on this year's game, could probably do it. Danny Alves is brilliant. Isn't he? Pop. I know um, yeah. Mick McCarthy did the opposite in real life when we signed Stephen Ward as a striker, ended up playing him as a left back because <laughs> Ella Kobe got injured. <laughs> Uh, Emergency striker on occasion. Yeah, yeah. Scored against Liverpool Anfield, one 0 win. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, a really good career. I mean, again, you were talking about Jared Bowen earlier, starting at Tooting and Mitchum and working his way up, but it's class and you know pretty much come now. It's good, really good amount of goals. Probably, I don't know, is he at double figures yet this season for goals? Sure. Probably close. He was it was he injured? He scored goal? his fiftieth goal for West Ham. So he's probably close this season. <laughs> Possibly close to um, double figures this season if he hasn't already hit it, and that would have mean in the league he's hit double figures for the last three years, which is really, really, really decent in at Premier League level for his age as well. Not many strikers like him, so he's he'd be difficult to for, like. It must be a nightmare to mark. Not only in, is he in strong, and around the box, yeah, I bet not it's, not it's so strong, difficult to stop him sometimes. Yeah, he's he's definitely moved on from the. the the Jason Roberts esque striker, <laughs> which is very much like if he's not given time. He's clinical as anything, but if if he has to think about an opportunity, he will more than likely spuff it. Which, uh, having watched Jason Roberts for a long time at Blackburn, it, it was how I pretty much thought that Mikel Antonio was playing for quite a while until he sort of all of a sudden become sort of quite prolific um, more recently. But there we go. Okay, so. In terms of team instructions, we've obviously mentioned that we're, we, ideally you would play counter-attacking, but with how FM changes things, I think historically you would set it to counter or cautious. But now uh, you can play uh, pressing football without having to sort of be have that linked entirely to to a mentality. So I would dare say. It's probably more balanced than cautious, mm. but then you are also. I think that probably gives you a a fair, a fair starting point, especially as now there. If you, I think if you sit too cautiously, you're going to get bounced by bigger teams. But also, I mean, it goes both ways. Um, but you, it's probably if there was an in between between balanced and cautious, I'd probably <laughs> sit that there. If if there was such an option, but it's definitely counter ticked. And probably, uh, I probably wouldn't say counter press actually, even though in FM it, it you kind of have to select it. <laughs> but I, I, but I would say if you're going for a true repl- replication, I would say counter press probably isn't really, isn't really that they don't press that heavily. From 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 my viewing, anyway. Feel free to disagree with me, listeners, if you wish. I think you'd have to look um, at the in stamina, terms of- wouldn't you? Like you'd have to look at the work rate and stamina across the team to see. Like, can you get away with it? Oh, they work. They they work bloody hard in real life. Like, yeah, you but can, you need they, to make sure they, it's an FM. Oh, exactly. That. So I think maybe you have to be a bit more 
creative. Maybe actually if you're starting on balance, perhaps have a counter press on because then you actually guarantee to start get that started. When it comes to sort of your out of possession settings, uh, uh, it's a, a bit more difficult to define. I think perhaps have practice, yeah, you would probably have counter press and counter on and then trigger press probably is set to to slightly more off well depending on what what you're starting on so it'll be if we're starting on balanced obviously they're contextual it starts as standard so i'd probably say that's probably quite fair um defensive line is quite deep mm-hmm. generally so i'd probably have that probably if you're on balance if you start if you're saying using balanced as the, the starting point it's probably between lower defensive line and standard defensive line apart from zuma you don't have a rapid back line uh, and also you want to give Rice a bit of space to operate in. And then in terms of line of engagement, I'll probably stick, stick that with standard because that goes in line with the, the, the trigger press as standard as well. Um, You'd imagine in FM, particularly in FM with the with the Declan Rice role, if it is a bit more defensive, you'll, you'll see him getting back there, getting involved in the box, probably more so than, than they are now because their defence is relatively strong now. So I think that would help you as well. Yes. I think one of the other key sort of in possession things to be selected would be play for set pieces <laughs> because uh, they make a lot out of set pieces uh, both uh, the fantastic defensively but also attacking from set pieces is incredibly important that like you've got we mentioned uh, you well you mentioned paddles about <laughs> the uh, the Sochek dominance in scoring against you as well as uh, in in real life, particularly from set pieces, you know you don't have a six foot four cent, uh, central midfielder and then not use them at at those sorts of opportunities. Uh, in terms of the, the general focus of play, I don't think there really is one as such. That there, there is an out ball there which they sometimes use with Antonio, uh, like knocking it down to like to go to um, one of the more attacking players to sort of feed off and then he'll move on. But it's not always long. We're talking about the goalkeeper distribution being a bit varied as well. So I don't think there is one entire way that they tend to play. It's a it's a bit more varied. Um, I think it would the you, same with. If you look at like in real life, that you mentioned it, Matt. They want to get Rice on the ball when they're, you know, let's say <clears throat> keeper gets the ball or whatever. They're trying to get Rice to feet because he carries it well and and great passing. So would you be looking at kind of. You'd be looking at the goalkeeper distribution, I suppose, in terms of where he's sending it, right? So you've got your um, distribute to playmaker if he's going to be set, hovering there. And then you've got your options of like play out of defence players in the middle. How extreme would you go if you really want to capitalise that? Or? I think because I think this is, I don't know if it's a, a con- misconception or not. I just feel like something that I maybe thought about or how I thought for a while until I sort of, I was put straight or I don't even know why I started thinking about it differently, but you, you, I, I used to get annoyed when your players wouldn't do what you've instructed them to oh. do, but at the same time, you're not going to expect them to do it every single time they 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 with like got the ball because it's not always going to be an option. So, like seventy percent of the time, they will distribute to the playmaker uh, if you've got that instructed, and then other times when it it's not on or the player's dead, whatever. But yeah, I guess. Distribute to playmaker would probably be something if you really want to get the best out of, of Rice and have him collecting the ball from, from deeper positions. Um, it'd be interesting to see what our listeners think, so by all means, do tweet us with your suggestions or, or drop us an email. Five, I think it's, I can't Info remember, what? is it admin at fivestarpotential.com? Uh, yeah, something like that. Who knows? But yeah, try emailing <laughs> that if it doesn't work. I think it's in the Twitter handle anyway. Mm. Uh, but let us know what you think and... You want to, you know, by all means, replicate it and tell us how you get and on. And any other clubs um, that you want us to have a look at as well. Do that as well. Yes, we will quite happily um, do, a, do a bit of a dissection with um, with other teams as long as it's, you know, easy enough to access data because it becomes very difficult when you can't do, which Hamlet. do that. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at uh, West Ham in 2025 here now. Declan Rice is still there. Zuma is still there. Suchek is still there. Vlasic is still there. Kral, Bowen is still there. A lot of the core squad kind of hangs around. So they're, and they're, and they're still He's the highest value player. Right, highest no. value player. Um, Kufal is not for sale. Um, 
David, a couple of the Chiefs. Rice is still there, yeah. Um, it's only 39 to 50 million, according to this now, um, which isn't bad. Um, Contracts running down, though, I don't Possibly, know. yeah. Expires on... Expires in 20... No, it's still, it's still got three or four years on it. It's a strange one, actually. Um, but no no superstars, really. I, I think it'd be a good team to manage. Um, because looking at this in the AI, they've not done a whole lot of like spending, and it's a lot of the same squad. Nice little challenge. Lovely. Right, well, we'll round things off there, gentlemen, as we've been chatting for a while about this. I thought that was quite good. Anyway, that does bring episode 230 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where we will drop the other links and pieces that we've mentioned throughout this pod in here as well. Uh, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.